يريد الله ليبين لكم Allah wants to clarify to you meaning when Allah has given all of these commands when he has elaborated all of these matters pertaining to marriage and familial obligations and the law of inheritance this is to clarify to us liyubayyina lakum tabyin bayanun clarify what to us clarify to us what is allowed and what is not allowed what leads to success and what leads to failure what leads to his pleasure and what leads to his anger liyubayyina lakum he is teaching us وَيَهْدِيَكُمْ And He wishes to guide you. يَهْدِيَ From Hidayah. He wishes to guide you to what? سُنَن The ways of the practice of الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ Of those people who are before you. The word sunan is the plural of sunnah. What is sunnah? Literally the word sunnah means a way of doing something. A usual practice. A usual habit you can say. So the sunan, the practices of who? the people who were before you. Meaning, there were some people before you, such as the prophets, such as the righteous, who lived good lives, who lived successful lives. Allah was happy with them and they were happy with Allah. So Allah wants to guide you to the same way so that you can be successful just like them. You can make Allah happy just like they made Allah happy. You can have the same result that they did. at the end of their lives. So this means that you have to follow the same practices. وَيَهْدِيَكُمْ سُنَنَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ So this is the reason why He has elaborated all of these commands in so much detail to us. This doesn't mean that He wants you to be backward. He wants to take you back thousands of years ago so that you have the same laws just like the people back then had. No, this is not what the meaning is. The practices of successful people before you. Because success, those who were successful thousands of years ago, they had the same characteristics as those who are successful today. Similar characteristics, similar traits. Likewise, those who failed before have the same characteristics of those who are failing now. Similar characteristics. If you think about it, the objections that are raised against the Qur'an today, are very similar to the objections that were raised against the Qur'an at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Today people say, oh there were some you know, foreigners who had taught Muhammad ﷺ some things, and as a result he produced this Qur'an. And the people back then said the exact same thing. The advancement has not made any difference to the thinking of people. So people in their thinking, in their characteristics, they remain the same. So over here he wishes to guide you to the good practices of the people before you. وَيَتُوبَ عَلَيْكُمْ And by this clarification, He wishes to guide you to repentance. يَتُوبَ When Allah taba on someone, what does it mean? That He turns to them in mercy. Which is into steps. The first step is that He guides them to repentance. He gives them the ability to repent. And what is repentance? To leave wrong ways and to adopt good ways. To leave disobedience and adopt obedience. So you didn't know any better. You were living in jahiliyyah, in pure ignorance. You got married, you never gave mahal to your wives. You lived a life of ignorance. Allah wants to move you from that ignorance to knowledge, to a state of awareness. He wants you to transform from disobedience to obedience. يَتُوبَ عَلَيْكُمْ And the second step of Yatuba is what? That when a person does repent, 
then Allah accepts his repentance. Wallahu alimun hakim, and Allah is knowing and wise. Meaning all of the commands, the obligations, the prohibitions given over here are based on what? His knowledge and his wisdom. On the one hand is the human being whose knowledge is limited, whose wisdom is limited, his judgment is limited. If you think about it, man-made laws have never been final. They have never had final authority. They have never been accepted everywhere. Every country has a different way of processing different crimes, right? Of applying different laws. Even when it comes to traffic laws, aren't they different everywhere? They are. Is it because people are different in their nature? Not necessarily. I mean, what's the difference between people who drive here compared to the people who drive in the UK? Not much of a difference. They're driving similar vehicles. In fact, some vehicles are brought from there to here. Some vehicles are transported from here to there. But why are the laws different? Because they are man-made. You see what I mean? And in some ways, one law might be better than the other. One law might be worse than the other. Why? Because it's based on human experience. It's based on human discovery. The knowledge that people have attained. And this is the reason why it will never be perfect. Never. But the law that Allah has given, it is all-encompassing. No factor is ignored. No person in society is ignored. If you think about it, the kind of rights that women have been given, the kind of allowances that have been given, the kind of exceptions that have been made, the detail in which the law has been given, what does that show? That everyone is given something. Everyone has been assigned their rights and their responsibilities, their duties, their obligations. Why? Because it's based on the knowledge of who? The one who is alim and the one who is hakim. Wallahu yuridu and Allah wants. When Allah has given us all of these commands, there is a reason. What's the intent? What's the purpose? That ayyatuba alaykum. Again, Yatuba alaykum has been mentioned. Why? The first Yatuba alaykum refers to, he wishes to guide you to repentance. And that cannot happen without knowledge. And the second Yatuba alaykum is what? That when you do repent, when you do change your ways, then he wishes to accept your repentance. He wishes to forgive you. He wants to clean you. He wants to improve your condition. Allah wants the best for you. So in other words, all of the commands that are given here are in the best interest of you, of us, of human beings. And with regards to every command, with regards to marriage, with regards to mahar, with regards to divorce, with regards to inheritance, everything is in the best interest of people. But still, what is the reaction of people? What do people do? They object, they raise many objections at the law that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed. You start from the beginning of Surah An-Nisa, whether it is the commands pertaining to dealing with orphans' properties, or it is the commands pertaining to marriage, or it is inheritance, or it is slave women, you will see objection, objection, and criticism. That's all you will see from people. Isn't it so? Just today only, I was researching something, looking for a hadith in fact, I couldn't find the exact text. And I came across a website which seemed to be a very comprehensive website and there seemed to be everything about Islam on it. And I was shocked, it was everything anti-Islam. Everything anti-Islam. They use the same law that Allah has given to us, the same text, but they interpret it differently. 
they present it differently. They twist it. They use it to misguide others. They use it to, you know, enrage women. Why? What's the reason? Is it because the law of Allah has a problem in it? No. I mean, we rationally analyzed the reason behind the permissibility for marrying more than one wife at a time. Right? We also discussed about slave women. And if you think about it, given the situation in which these allowances are given, it seems to be the best option. Right? Considering the background of people, where they're coming from, their weaknesses, their strengths, it seems to be the best option. And in fact, it is the best option. But people don't look at that. Why? Because their goal in life is different. This is why Allah says, وَيُرِيدُ الَّذِينَ And those people, they want. Which people? Those who يَتَّبِعُونَ shahawati, Those who follow their desires. يَتَّبِعُونَ from ittiba' They're following their shahawat. Shahawat plural is shahwa. Sheen hawaw. Desire, lust. Those who want to fulfill their desires, whose purpose in life, whose goal in life is to go fulfill every wish of theirs, for them, the laws of Islam are very confining. Which is why they will not accept it. They will not just reject it, but they will go and criticize it. Because their goal in life is not servitude to Allah. They're not focused on the worship of Allah. They're not focused on pleasing Allah. They're not focused on Jannah. Their focus is what? The pleasure of this life. Which is why they will say that homosexuality is good because you're born this way. And if I have this desire, this wish, that means God wants me to do it. And hey, I can be like this and I can still be a Muslim. And I can publicize my marriage to another person. This is what they do. And they will boldly go out and parade about it. Like I said, when it comes to non-Muslims, we're, it's their choice. We don't have a problem with regards to them making such decisions. We disagree with it, but we will not say hateful speech against them. Because when they eat pork, they can eat it. When they do this, go ahead, it's their choice. But when it comes to Muslims, when it comes to someone who says, I believe in Allah, when it comes to someone who says, I pray salah, I believe in the Qur'an, then he has to accept the Qur'an in its entirety. He has to accept the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ as well. And he cannot interpret the Qur'an, she cannot interpret the Qur'an according to their own understanding. Because people will use the same text of the Qur'an, but they will twist it, they will present it differently, they will interpret it differently. Why? Their goal is different. People want that zina should be permissible. Zina should be permissible. And for them to think about, oh, there's a punishment for zina, they feel Islam is too confining. It's too difficult. And this is why they raise objections. So, وَيُرِيدُ الَّذِينَ يَتَّبِعُونَ shahawat Those who follow their desires, whose goal is not the worship of Allah, but something else in life, what do they want? They want to do whatever they want. They don't want to limit themselves. You know, like muhsanat, fortified. They don't want to be fortified. They don't want to limit themselves. They want to be free. And they want the same from you. They want the same for you. Which is why they pity you. And they say, oh, you have to cover yourself. Oh, you're limited to your spouse. Oh, you have to be married to someone to live with them. They pity you. And they want the same for you. That you should, you know, be free in who you live with, in how you fulfill your desires in how you dress yourself up, they pity you. And this is why they want to create awareness. 
isn't it? They want to create awareness. And they look for such texts in the Qur'an and Sunnah which they will misrepresent or mistranslate, presented differently, presented incorrectly. That for example in the Qur'an we learned earlier about وَقْتُلُوهُمْ حَيْثُ تَقِفْتُمُوهُمْ That the enemy wherever you find them, kill them. And they say, look, you know, any disbeliever you find, any infidel you find and kill them. This is what your Qur'an says. Completely out of context, right? So they want the same for you that you... أَن تَمِيلُوا مَيْلًا عَظِيمًا They want you to digress into a great deviation. Tamilu is from mail, mim ya lam, and mail is to incline. So they want you to incline, incline away from the guidance, away from the law of Allah, away from the Qur'an, and this kind of inclination, they don't want you to just leave one thing, or one or two things. They want you to do مَيْلًا عَظِيمًا A great deviation. They want you to leave the religion completely. They want you to hate the religion. Not just disagree or find difficult to accept, but reject it completely, hate it completely. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning us that be careful. That when you will practice these things, and these laws are in fact a means of salvation, when you will do that, then definitely you will face a lot of opposition from this whole world. When you will face that opposition and criticism, then remember that Allah wants something for you and these people want something else for you. What Allah wants for you is what is in your best interest. It is beneficial for you. And what the people want is not beneficial for you. They will oppose it today and tomorrow they will accept it. Today they will reject it and tomorrow they will research it and find out that it's not really that bad. Isn't it so? It happens with everything. So don't blindly follow people. Don't fall in their propaganda. Don't become a prey to them. يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ Allah wants أَن يُخَفِّفَ عَنْكُمْ That He should lighten the burden for you. يُخَفِّفَ From تَخْفِيف خَفَافَ Which is to lighten the burden. So by giving these allowances, these commands, these instructions, by prescribing this law, He intends to lighten your burden of difficulties. And this is true with regards to all of the Islamic laws. For example, if a person is praying, he's not able to stand, Allah has lightened the burden for him, he can sit and pray, he can lie down and pray. This is what Allah wants for you. But what do people say? Islam is too hard. It's impossible to practice. But we see that Allah has really lightened the burden for us. This is an easy religion. And if you think about it, in the commands that are given over here, the permission to marry more than one wife at a time, if a person is in a difficult situation and the allowance has been given, then this is going to lighten the burden for him. It may increase the burden in some other way. Okay? But... It is for the purpose of creating ease. Likewise, changing the terms of mahar later on, after marriage, with mutual understanding. This is for the purpose of ease and convenience. Not marrying more than four. This is also for ease. Tolerating what you dislike in your spouse. This is also for ease. Isn't that so? So all the commands actually create ease in our life. All of them. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, بُعِثْتُ بِالْحَنِفِيَّةِ السَّمْحَةِ I have been sent with the easy Hanafiya religion. Easy religion of Tawheed. Why? 
Because وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفًا Allah the Creator, He says that the human being has been created weak. The human being is weak. He is ضعيف. We have emotions, we have feelings, we have desires, we have strengths, and we have weaknesses. And ضعيف, we are weak in different ways in every aspect. ضعيف against desires and temptations. Weak, that a person is not able to control his desire sometimes. Weak in determination, in resolve. Weak in his knowledge, weak in his strength, weak in his resistance, weak in his emotions. In so many aspects we are weak. You know, sometimes people say that, you know, no matter what happens, I'm never going to let go of my spouse, I'm never going to divorce them. But what happens after a couple of years? I can't tolerate this anymore. Right? So he's weak, she is weak. وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفًا This is why Allah has made an outlet. This is why Allah has given another option. For example, marriage to slave women. This is what? An allowance to create ease because people are weak. Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us this? That you need Allah's law. Without the law of Allah, you would be in a lot of difficulty. You would be in a lot of difficulty. And we see this, that where the law of Allah is not practiced properly, when it is not practiced properly and completely, then people are in a lot of difficulty. Take the example of mahar. We learned that the husband has to give the mahar to the wife. And where people switch the order, that the wife has to bring something to the husband, then isn't her life made difficult? Isn't the husband's life made difficult by his parents? Yeah? That he says, what am I going to do with this extra refrigerator and extra linens and extra furniture? I already have my stuff. I don't need her to bring any. But the parents are like, no, 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 no. She has to. She has to. Even if it just sits in the garage, she has to bring it. So we see that in every way where the law of Allah is transgressed, it leads to difficulty. But a person might say, sometimes the law of Allah is difficult to follow. Is it? Is it? Isn't it difficult to follow sometimes? It is. Come on, be realistic. But you know what? In that difficulty is ease. إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives ease with that difficulty. And eventually the output of that difficulty is what? Ease. Because what's the condition for success? That you have to sacrifice. And sacrifice means you have to suffer pain. And you have to sacrifice, you have to suffer one of two pains. Either the pain of hard work, of sacrifice, or you will have to suffer the pain of regret later. You have to suffer short-term pain for long-term benefit, for long-term gain. So yes, following the commands of Allah sometimes will be challenging, will be difficult, will be burdensome, but in the long run, it's actually better for the individual. He will see the benefits of it in this dunya, and if not in this dunya, the akhirah is coming, which is the goal, which is exactly what we're here to prepare for. Recitation? Yuridu Allahu liyubayyina lakum wa yahdiyakum sunan al-lazina min qablikum wa yatuba alaykum وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ وَاللَّهُ يُرِيدُ أَن يَتُوبَ عَلَيْكُمْ وَيُرِيدُ الَّذِينَ يَتَّبِعُونَ الشَّهَوَاتِ أَن تَمِيلُوا مَيْلًا عَظِيمًا 
So do not consume your wealth, meaning do not consume the wealth of one another. بَيْنَكُمْ Between yourselves. How? بِالْبَاطِلِ In the wrong way, in the false way, in the incorrect way, illegitimately. Meaning don't consume the wealth that you do not have a right over. And this is referring to all the incorrect ways of earning money. Whether it is through theft, or it is through lying, through deceit, through cheating, that a person says, I'm divorced, and they're receiving welfare. This is what? Batil. A batil way of earning money. Or for example, a person charges interest to someone, that interest is what? Batil way of earning money. Gambling, batil way of earning money. Alright? So Allah says, don't do that. Illa except, meaning the only correct way of consuming, of taking the wealth of another individual, is which way? Antakuna, that it is, meaning the transaction is, tijaratan of trade. What is tijara? Business, trade, from tajin ra, which is when one person exchanges what he has with the other for the purpose of profit. Alright? So for example, you have cash. Your friend has food. So you give cash and you take her food. There's an exchange over here. What's the profit? You gained a profit, what? That you got food to eat. And she got a profit that she made some money. So this is what a tijara is. So the only way through which you can get the food that the other person has, or they can get the money that you have, is how? Through the process of tijara. Obviously, there's something known as a gift, that's understood. Likewise, inheritance, that's also understood. Likewise, a wage, that is also understood. Over here, tijara is mentioned. Okay? But this tijara should take place how? عَن تَرَاضٍ مِّنْكُمْ From mutual consent among you. Taradin from radadiyah, radiyah, to be pleased with. Taradin minkum, that both parties mutually agree to that transaction. For example, your sister, your friend doesn't want to give the food. But you say, no, 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 you give me the food and you take this money. She says, no, I want the food myself. I don't want to give it to you. And then you forcefully take the food and you forcefully put the money in her hand. This is incorrect. You don't have a right over that food. Even if you've given her the money, this was not with mutual consent. Or for example, she says, no, I don't want two cents. Come on, give me a dollar at least. I want a dollar. I want two dollars. So unless you give her the money that she is happy with, it will not be antaradin. Likewise, if you say, you know, you're selling me a chocolate bar for $50, come on, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to give you 50 for a chocolate bar. Okay? So, Antaradin, both parties have to mutually agree to the transaction. When they have agreed, then they exchange, then there is a profit, whatever, then that is permissible.
The question is that sometimes people bargain a lot. That they will bargain, bargain, bargain and force the other to agree to accept the money which they don't want. I mean, it's too little. But they're forced to agree. So they agree. Once they agree, they sign, they give, they cut the cloth and they give it and they take the money. It's by tarad because they agreed. They have the right to say no. They have the right to say no. And when they don't want little money for what they're selling, then they should say no. And if they're being forced into accepting something that is not right, that is not fair, they should not go for it. But if they do agree, then they have agreed to it. Alright? So, إِلَّا أَن تَكُونَ تِجَارَةً عَن تَرَاضٍ مِّنْكُمْ By the way, give me examples of how people consume the wealth of each other through false ways, through incorrect ways. She's giving an example of how someone in the family was dying, they were at their deathbed, and the other relatives, they came and they had them put their thumbprint on different documents just so that their wealth, their property is transferred to certain individuals and not others. So this is what? Batil. You don't have a right over that. Who has a right over the money that this person is leaving? The heirs. But if other people come and forcefully take it, this is what? Batil. Blackmailing people, bribing people. Yes? Then you tell the cafeteria people that I'll give you the money tomorrow, I'll give you the money later. And then as soon as the cafeteria auntie sees you, you're like, oh. Huh? This is what? Batil. Right? Any other way? Yes? Claiming a disability so that you can get benefits, right? Yes. Whereas you don't have that disability. Yes. Yes. That when people call and they're like, you want something and we have to transfer it to your bank and what's your credit card number and what's this and what? They get all the information from you and you get nothing in your mail. In fact, you lost $2,000. Yes. Astaghfirullah. That somebody put a chip in a machine so that everyone who swiped their credit card, the number got recorded, and they used those credit cards to get money out. So, false ways, wrong ways, haram ways of earning money. Likewise, you know, something doesn't belong to you. It's your brother's or your sister's. Your sister's new purse. You like it. Take it. And if she says, give it back to me, like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. What are you going to do? People do that, right? That you tell your parents, I want to give sadaqah, I want to pay the fees, I need to buy a book. And the parents give you the money for the book, for the fees, for sadaqah, and then it goes into going out with friends. So, don't do that. Cheating in business at a greater level, at a larger level, and even at a smaller level. Last one. Go ahead. Having a student account when you're not a student. Interesting. What clever ways people come up with to make money that's not theirs, they don't have a right over وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ And do not kill yourselves. Do not kill yourselves. What does it mean? Literally, do not commit suicide. This is something that's not allowed. But even if you want to kill other people, still don't commit suicide? Yes. Even in the name of Islam? Yes. Even in the name of religion? Yes. Don't do that. The only time where a person puts his life in danger is when? In a battlefield. And even in a battlefield, a person is not allowed to take a spear or an arrow with his hand and kill himself. Then how can a person ever say that it's permissible to wear you know, a bag that has bombs in it, okay, and cause them to explode? You're killing yourself before you kill others. This is not right. This is not permissible. وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Whether the purpose is 
you know, to take revenge from others, or it is to, you know, that a person is sick of his life. لا تقتلوا أنفسكم. Don't kill yourselves. تقتلوا أنفسكم is also one another because the Muslims are one body, right? So don't kill one another unless a person is guilty of a crime that requires such a punishment, and that will also be carried out by who? By those in authority. You don't have the right to go and kill someone. لا تقتلوا أنفسكم. The other day somebody sent me a video. It was really sad and funny, but very true. I wish I could show it to you, but it's in Urdu. So that's why I can't. But I'll tell you the story. There's a person, he's sitting on a bridge and he's about to jump off into the river. Right? And this man comes and he says, Don't commit suicide, don't kill yourself. And he says, Let me die. Nobody loves me. So he said, I love you. God loves you. You are a Muslim, right? He said, yeah, I'm a Muslim too. He said, okay. Are you a Hanafi or someone else? He says, yeah, I'm a Hanafi too. And are you, I don't even know those terms, Diobandi or what? Like they go into so much detail. Now when they reach down to the masjid, okay? He says, you go to this masjid? He says, no. He's like, die, you have no right to live, you kafir. This is the kind of hatred that we have for each other. People are killing one another, Muslims are killing one another over what? Sectarian issues. That just because they are Shia, or they are Sunni, or they are Deobandi, or they are this, or they are that. This is not just happening within Muslims, but even in Christianity. That people will hate one another just because of the different school of thought that they belong to, just because of the different church they belong to. So, Allah says, لا تقتلوا أنفسكم Don't kill yourselves. Don't kill one another. And لا تقتلوا أنفسكم Also that don't impose on yourself what will kill you. Don't impose on yourself something that will kill you. You know, once a companion, Umar bin al-As, he was, in the night he became junub. He entered the state of Junaba, which meant that he had to take a bath so that he could pray. But it was extremely cold. So he didn't take a bath. Instead, he just did tayammum. And he prayed. So he just did tayammum and he prayed. And the Prophet ﷺ, when he found out, he said, you prayed with, you know, in the state of Janaba. Like he was teasing him. So Amr bin al-As, he said, uh, yeah, because Allah says in the Qur'an, لا تقتلوا أنفسكم If I were to take a bath, I would die. So Allah says, don't kill yourself. So the Prophet ﷺ smiled, he laughed. He laughed, he was laughing away. Because he thought it was so funny the way Amr bin al-As was using the evidence from the Qur'an. But it's correct. That don't impose on yourself something that will kill you. So for example, a person says, I'm going for hajj, and I'm going to walk barefoot from the haram all the way to Mina. I'm going to walk barefoot. Hmm? Or I'm going to Medina barefoot, and I'm going to burn my feet in that heat. People sing such things. I don't know if they do it in reality, but they say such things in their songs of praise for the Prophet that sometimes, you know, in their love and in respect for certain individuals, in their remembrance, people will hit themselves. They will strike each other to the point they will bleed to death. They will literally kill themselves. لا تقتلوا أنفسكم Do not do that. Likewise, don't expose yourself to something that will kill you. So for example, if a person is smoking, a chain smoker, smoking so much that their lungs are done, or they're not taking care of their health where they can, and the doctor says to them, you have literally five years to live. Don't bother asking me anything. 
the rate at which you're going, you're going to die within five years. You can develop this, 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 this is problem. And why is the person doing this? They love to eat certain foods. They love to smoke. They love to do drugs. They love certain things. They're killing themselves. You're not allowed to do that. Your body is not yours. It's an amana. Of course. You're not allowed to do on your body that which will kill you. Yes. When it comes to elections or something, then people start killing one another. Right? Yes. Again, you as an individual do not have the right to go and kill someone just because you say that they have become unbeliever. Okay? You don't have the right to do that. The only exception is at the time of war. When there is a war, full out war, then that's different. Alright? But otherwise, you don't do that. I mean, believers with one another, they're not supposed to fight. They're not supposed to go to war with one another. But it does happen, which is why it's mentioned in the Quran as well. Right? So it does happen. But it will only be permissible in the sense that it's only okay when there's a war. Not that you just go and blow a bomb here and commit a suicide attack somewhere else. This is incorrect. Because this is in fact terrorism. This is creating terror. This is killing innocents. This is harming innocent lives. People who are not at fault. Creating difficulties for them. This is removing peace. And in Surah Al-Ma'idah, we learn about the punishment for such people who create such terror in the society. There was a group of people who captured the shepherd of the Prophet ﷺ and they took all the animals and they didn't just kill that individual. They cut off his hands and his feet and they put like uh, burning uh, hot metal or something in his eyes and then they left him in the hot sun to die. So they killed him in a very bad way. And this created a lot of unrest and peace and fear amongst the Muslims. In the Qur'an, the punishment that is given to such people that is mentioned is similar to what they did. That, أَن يُقَتَّلُوا أَوْ يُصَلَّبُوا أَوْ تُقَطَّعَ أَيْدِيَهُمْ وَأَرْجُلَهُمْ مِنْ خِلَافٍ أَوْ يُنْفَوْ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ That they should be killed or they should be crucified or they should be done in the same way. That their hands and feet are cut from the opposite sides. And the Prophet ﷺ executed this punishment on those perpetrators. He did not like the punishment, but he did. Because this kind of a crime, creating fear in the society, is something that is not correct. Islam is a religion of peace. And you cannot create terror in the name of Islam. If you want to fight, then fight in the way that Allah and His Messenger have guided us. Not in your own self-invented ways. Because this is not benefiting Islam, this is actually harming Islam. This is not benefiting people, it's harming people. So, لَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Do not kill yourselves in this way. لَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Also means that do not do what will result in your qatl. Meaning stay away from those actions that will lead to your qatl. Stay away from zina when you're married. Stay away from such major sins that will lead to your qatl. And with regards to suicide, Remember that it's a major sin. It's a major sin. The Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ قَتَلَ نَفْسَهُ بِشَيْءٍ عُدِّبَ بِهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Whoever kills himself with something, then he will be punished with it on the Day of Judgment. Meaning if a person stabs himself to death on the Day of Judgment, he will be stabbed continuously, repeatedly, repeatedly, again and again. Because he killed himself in that way. If a person throws himself in fire in order to burn himself to death, then he will be punished in the same way. If a person cuts himself to death, drinks acid or whatever, then he will be punished in the same way. Because if you don't have mercy on yourself, then who will? And remember that this life that you have been given 
you are not the creator of it. You are not the one who has authority over it. You are an Amin, someone who has been entrusted the body and the life that you have. And you have to do with it the way Allah wants, not the way you want. And no matter what happens in life, you can't say, there is no point to live, I'm going to kill myself. No. Suicide is something that is not permissible. And if someone is having such thoughts, or is inclining towards it, leaning towards it, then what should they do? They should get help. They should go out and find help. Because where Allah has sent down problems, He has also sent down solutions. Where Allah has sent disease, He has also given cure. Where Allah has created difficulty, He has also made a way out. So we do not have the right to take our lives away ourselves. Only Allah has the right. Because He is Al-Muhi and He is Al-Mumit. وَمَن يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ And whoever does that, عُدْوَانًا In aggression, وَظُلْمًا And in injustice, عُدْوَانًا عِنْدَ الْوَاوْ To cross limits. That he crosses these limits, he goes and consumes the wealth of another person, or he goes and kills himself, وَظُلْمًا And in injustice, meaning this is pure injustice. Taking someone's wealth, you don't have a right over it, this is injustice. Killing yourself, this is injustice. Killing others, this is injustice. Then whoever does that, فَسَوْفَ نُسْلِهِ نَارًا Hear these words. Allah says, Then soon such a person, we will burn him in the fire. نُسْلِهِ صَادْ To burn. We will burn him in the fire. وَكَانَ ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرًا And that is very easy upon Allah. Yasir from Yusr. Ease. This is very easy for Allah. Meaning, if someone has killed themselves, has taken the property of another individual without any right, then this is a major sin. And Allah can put them in the hellfire. It's not something difficult for Allah. He can easily do it. In tajtanibu, if you avoid, tajtanibu from ijtinab, jim, noon, ba. Jamb is your side. Your side. Look at your right side. Okay, This is your side. Look at your left side. That's your other side. Okay, So ijtanaba, is to move one's side away from something. So for example, she's sitting in front of me. Okay? Ijtinab would be, like I turn my side away from her. What does that mean? Avoid. Alright? So in tajtanibu, if you avoid, and by the way, when do you have to avoid something? When? When you don't like it? Not necessarily. When? There could be food in front of you. You love it. But still you avoid it. When? When it's not good for you, you're not supposed to do it, it's not the proper time. Mm-hmm. When it's forbidden. Very right. And also you have to avoid something when it comes to you, when it comes in your way. You understand? Like if someone's not in front of me, I don't have to avoid them. So in tajtanibu, if you avoid kabaira, kabaira plural of kabira, kafbara, the big, the great, ma tunhauna, that which you are forbidden from nunhaya, anhu from it. What is ma tunhauna anhu, that which you are forbidden from? What is that which you are forbidden from? Sins. Alright? They are sins. So if you avoid the big actions which you are forbidden, meaning the big major sins. Big major sins. Now, this shows to us that some sins, 
are big and other sins are small. Some sins are major and other sins are minor. When is a sin major and when is a sin minor? When is a sin big and when is a sin small? When? For example, breaking a certain traffic law means that you will just get maybe a $50 fine, maybe a $100 fine. Breaking another kind of a traffic law means that you will be fined $2,000 or $5,000 or you will lose demerit points. There's a difference between these two offenses, right? One is minor, the other is major. What determines one to be minor, the other to be major? The repercussions. Do you get it? For one, the repercussions are minor. For the other, the repercussions are great. So a major sin is that for which there is a legal punishment. A legal punishment, a prescribed punishment. Whether in the dunya or in the akhirah. In the dunya, for example, zina. Is there a major punishment for it? Legal punishment? Yes. In the akhirah? Yes. So zina is what? A major sin. Lying. Is there a punishment for it? Yes. وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْذِبُونَ In this dunya? Maybe not. But in the akhirah? For sure. So that is also a major sin. Shirk billah. Associating partners with Allah. Are there great repercussions for it? Yes. Where? In the hereafter. So, Major sins are which ones? Those sins for which a punishment has been mentioned. Okay? In the Qur'an and Sunnah. Whether that punishment is to be given in this world or the punishment is in the hereafter. So a legal punishment in the dunya and a threat of punishment in the hereafter. And any sin that leads to hellfire, that is what? A major sin. So Allah says that if you avoid these major sins, examples of major sins, backbiting, eating the wealth of an orphan, rukukul walidain, disrespecting the parents, I heard riba. Anything else from this side? Examples of major sins? Leaving salah. What else? Murder. What else? Yes? Not paying zakat. So these are examples of what? Major sins. Allah says that if you stay away from these things, then what's the benefit? The benefit is that nukafir ankum, we will expiate from you sayyatikum your small sins. Nukafir from kafaru yukafiru takfir to wipe off, to erase, to abolish completely. So He will remove from us what our small sins. Sayyat plural of sayyah. Because small sins happen all the time. Example of small sins? What is not a major sin is a minor sin. Example? Hmm? No. Lying is a major sin, my dear. Wasting. Okay? Wasting. For example, wasting food, wasting water, wasting money. This is what? I mean, it's a sin. It's wrong to throw food, but you can't say a person is going to go to hellfire for throwing food. Huh? Yelling. Okay? I mean, some kind of bad behavior, rude akhlaq, bad akhlaq is actually a major sin. But other, every kind of bad akhlaq is not a major sin. Alright? Any other example? One more? Littering. Okay? You know, destroying the earth, creating facade in the earth like that. This is what? A minor sin. So, if you stay away from the major sins, then Allah will forgive you for your minor sins. When? 
when you stay away from the major ones. So you have to stay away from the major sins. Minor sins will happen, but Allah will forgive you for them. Because in al-hasanat yudhibna sayyat. Good deeds erase bad deeds. But what's the condition? That a person is not committing any major sin on the side. If a person has a habit of lying, if a person has a habit of leaving salah, if a person has a habit of backbiting, if a person is doing shirk, then this will prevent him from being forgiven. You understand? If a person has a habit of doing major sins, he commits major sins, then he is prevented from being forgiven. If the teacher asks you, did you do your homework? You say, yeah, I did it. With a big smile on your face. I did it seven times. Okay, do it. Um, um, every word, can't even read it. Don't know the translation. Translating min as who and man as from and wa as or. I mean, it's quite clear you didn't do the translation. So anyway, this is also a lie. Alright? There is one exception, the tawriya, which inshallah when the time comes we will learn about it. But otherwise, every lie is a lie. Alright? So, we have to stay away from major sins. This is something that a person has to avoid. You have to avoid. Because only then you are safe. And the benefit is in this world and also in the hereafter. What's the benefit in the hereafter? That وَنُدْخِلْكُمْ And we will admit you into mudkhalan karima. Mudkhal. What is mudkhal? From dakhala. Dakhala is to enter. Mudkhal is understood in two ways. First of all, ism zarf. Alright? So mudkhal is what? A place of entry. Okay? A time of entry. The place from where a person is entered. The place to which a person is entered. So we will admit you into mudkhalan karima. Into a place where you will enter and that place will be kareem, noble, exalted, high status, great, amazing, superb, kareem. Into a noble entrance. And meaning what is that place? Jannah. That then you will enter Jannah. And mudkhan and kareema, that the way that you will be admitted into Jannah will also be noble. You know some people, when they're entered into a place, they're like, you know, pushed into it or like get in quickly, you know, hurry up. And for other people, red carpet and people are rejoicing or they're being congratulated, they're being welcomed. There's a difference, right? So mudkhal and karima. The second way in which the word mudkhal is understood is that it's a masla, meaning it's a main word. So an entry. We will Enter you an entry that is kareem, that is noble, and in a way that is noble, meaning in an honorable way, in a very respectful way. Provided that you stay away from what? The major sins. Then Allah says, وَلَا تَتَمَنَّوْ And do not wish. تَتَمَنَّوْ from Mim Nunya. Tamanna, tamanni is to wish, to hope for something. So do not wish for مَا فَضَّلَ اللَّهُ بِهِ That which Allah has preferred with, meaning when Allah has given superiority to someone, has given them something that you have not been given. And this is a reality. That مَا فَضَّلَ اللَّهُ بِهِ بَعْضَكُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ That Allah has preferred some of you over others. This is a reality in every way. Some people are given more compared to others. And just because a person has been given more in one way, does not mean he has been given more in every way. 
Every person has been gifted with something. So what the other person has been given, what does Allah say? Don't wish for that. For example, you have jewelry, your friend has jewelry. Your friend has a very beautiful earrings. And every time you see them, you just stare at them like, oh, you know, I wish I could have them too. And you forget about the beautiful earrings that you have. I mean, how greedy can you be? Don't stop looking at what other people have. Look at what you have. And Allah has not given every person identical things. Alright? And this is true with regards to tangible things as well as intangible gifts. Tangible things. You have clothes, your friend has clothes, but your clothes are not identical. We're not living in a communist world. Okay? Where everything has to be identical. This is not how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the world. Everyone is different. Everything is different. So you can't expect that people should wear the same size of shoes. You can't expect that everyone should wear the same style. Everyone should eat the same food, should live the exact same way. Not possible. So what other people have been given, don't wish for that. Look at what you have. And remember that Allah has preferred people over others in two ways. In shara and also in qadr. In shara, meaning in the law. That some individuals have been granted a greater share, a greater right compared to others. Take the example of inheritance. Is everyone's share equal? No. Everyone's share is different. Correct? So this is in shara. Likewise, the husband and wife, are they equal in their rights? No. Are they equal in their responsibilities? No. Are they equal in how they are? No. So in the law of Allah, there is no identicality. There is no, you can say, equality, that everyone is treated in the exact same way. Everyone has been acknowledged, everyone has been given something, but that something is that which they need, that something is what is best for them. Alright? Secondly, in Qadr, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given people different things in Qadr, meaning in the worldly sense, that one person has more wealth compared to the other. The other person has more intelligence compared to the other. One person has a better job, a better degree. They're more beautiful. They have more freedom. Whatever it is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept variety in His creation, in the way that He has distributed His gifts to people. This is true with regards to the law and also with regards to the qadr. So this is why Allah says, don't go on looking at what other people have. Because, لِلْرِجَالِ نَصِيبٌ For the man is a share, مِمَّا اكْتَسَبُوا Of that which they have acquired from اِكْتَسَبَ كَافْسِينَ كَسْبِ is to earn. So the men, if they work for something, they have a share of it. Meaning, when a man strives for something, he works, then what does he get? His wage. وَلِلْنِسَاءِ And for the women is نَصِيبٌ A share مِمَّا اكْتَسَبْنَا From that which they have earned. In other words, every individual has been given something. No person is deprived completely. Every individual. We see that for example, slaves. Do they have rights? Yes. Men, do they have rights? Yes. Women, do they have rights? Yes. Kalala. There are laws pertaining to him. Every person has been acknowledged, has been given something that is best suited to them. And if you think about it, usually the strife is more common between who? Men and women. Right? Women are always fighting for their rights, comparing themselves to men. And men, those who are crazy, they are always comparing themselves to women. Right? But the thing is that we should not think like that. We should 
realize that Allah, our Lord, is alim and He is just. He is very just. He knows and He's very fair. So whatever He is distributed amongst people is in their best interest. Whatever duties, rights, obligations He's given are the best. Therefore, what should we do? وَاسْأَلُوا اللَّهَ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ Ask Allah for His bounty. If you see someone with something and you don't have it, don't pity yourself. Don't start staring at them or look at their earrings and keep observing them from different angles. Huh? Don't do that. وَاسْأَلُوا اللَّهَ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ Ask Allah for a pair of beautiful earrings. Okay? Because unfortunately, sometimes we just imitate others. If someone has something, I gotta have it too. Right? We get things just because other people have it. She has this kind of a dish, I'm gonna get it too. She has this kind of a hijab, I'm gonna get it too. She has that kind of a pen, I'm gonna get it too. She has that kind of a notebook, I'm gonna get it too. We imitate other people like nothing. There's no sense of being original, unfortunately. We just copy, imitate. Follow blindly. If a person is wearing their hijab in a particular way, we start imitating them as well. Oh, she put a pin here. Oh, she has a pin here too. Oh, she's wearing this kind of under hijab. Oh, she's wearing a band. Oh, she's wearing this. She's wearing that color. I'm going to do the same thing. She has this abaya. I'm going to do the same thing. Get over it. Stop imitating others. Yes. Don't be the second version of someone else. Be the first version of yourself. Yes. Then if you think about it, identical twins, we have a pair sitting right here. Even they have been made differently. They have different choices. They have different likes and dislikes. They are not expected to be identical. So, what's the harm when we start wishing for what other people have? Yes. It leads to jealousy. Yes. You're not thankful for what you have you begin to dislike other people. There's always a competition. In deen also, when you see someone who is righteous, then don't take them as your role model. Who is our role model? The Prophet ﷺ. Role models in the sense that if they speak this way, I'm going to speak this way. If they move their hand this way, I'm going to move their hand this way. If they use this expression, I'm going to use the same expression. I mean, some things they come naturally. Right? Just because you have seen someone so much that so you start talking like them, you don't even realize. Right? But don't deliberately do that. It looks fake and it's awkward. It's strange. It's weird. Okay? It looks so fake. So don't be fake. Be original. So لا تتمنوا ما فضل الله به بعضكم على بعض Realize that للرجال نصيب مما اكتسبوا وللنساء نصيب مما اكتسبوا وَاسْأَلُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ Ask Allah for His bounty. إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ بِكُلِّ شَيْنْ عَلِيمًا Indeed, Allah is ever knowing of everything. He knows about everything. So He knows about you, about your needs, about what rights should be given to you, what responsibilities should be given to you. Because the problem is that when it comes to the law that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given, why do people object? Why do people criticize it? What's the problem that people have with the law of Allah? They say it's not fair. They say women don't have the exact same rights that the men have. If a man is allowed to marry four wives, hey, a woman should be allowed to marry four husbands too. Right? This is what people want. But the fact is that this is not natural. 
What is natural? Variation and difference. What is natural? That every light bulb is not exactly the same. What is natural? That every tree is not the same. What is natural? That every plant that produces particular fruit is not going to be identical. There is going to be a variation in taste, color, smell. Yes. But we see the laws that have been explained over here so comprehensively, but still to so much detail that every person, depending on their relationship, either they are forbidden for marriage or permissible for marriage, they have been mentioned. Likewise, every person based on their relationship are given a share of inheritance. Likewise, punishment for a free person different, for a slave person different, because each person comes from a different background. They come from a different background. They have different needs, different weaknesses. Who knows them? Allah knows them. So you can say this is the foundation of the Islamic law. The foundation, it's the basic understanding, the basic principle that has to be understood. If you don't understand this principle, you will have a problem with the law. But if you understand this principle, then you'll be able to understand and accept the laws of Islam as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding, the comprehension, the vastness of the heart to be able to accept these laws so that we can truly benefit from them. Recitation. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَأْكُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ بِالْبَاطِلِ إِلَّا إِلَّا أَن تَكُونَ تِجَارَةً عَن تَرَاضٍ مِّنكُمْ وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ بِكُمْ رَحِيمًا وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ عُدْوَانًا وَظُلْمًا فَسَوْفَ نُصْلِيهِ نَارًا وَكَانَ ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرًا إِنْ تَجْتَنِبُوا كَبَائِرَ مَا تُنْهَوْنَ عَنْهُ نُكَفِّرْ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ نُكَفِّرْ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ وَنُدْخِلْكُمْ مُدْخَلًا كَرِيمًا وَلَا تَتَمَنَّوْا مَا فَضَّلَ اللَّهُ بِهِ بَعْضَكُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ لِلرِّجَالِ نَصِيبٌ مِّمَّا اكْتَسَبُوا وَلِلنِّسَاءِ نَصِيبٌ مِّمَّا اكْتَسَبْنَ وَاسْأَلُوا اللَّهَ مِن فَضْلِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمًا